What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to episode 31 of True North Talk, featuring your favorite hosts, Peter Burnett and myself, Joseph Staten. Now, Peter and I have been having a very interesting day, to say the least, a very interesting conversation before the podcast, but we won't go into all that. Uh, we want to bring you guys a really good episode today, talking about how we can maintain our focus on keeping God first, and in that process, avoiding being prideful, staying humble, staying wise, uh, and putting to you know putting our sin to death and taking up our cross daily and what that looks like. So we're going to dive into a couple different scriptures regarding that. Uh, but before we even go into the scripture, uh, Peter and I were just talking about uh, before the podcast, kind of some of the things that you know, if you desire to be successful in your life, sometimes it's easy to fall or just shift in that mindset where you're focused too much on yourself and your own work and not keeping that focus on God. So Peter, did you have any, anything you want to say as far as, I don't know, just that challenge of, of maintaining the focus on God when you're, you know, working hard on, on, you know, your own business or your own product, or as, as we're kind of doing, working on our own media products. Definitely. Well, I think first of all is a lot of what I've been working on recently, both in my regular sports editor job and in with all sports talk has been you know focused on coverage of sports and so I haven't really had a chance to focus on on God or faith with that yet and so that's one point and then the other thing too is I mean it's at this point marginal success but starting to build up a little bit of of a following and everything and I I just think it's it's very important to stay stay grounded in in God and really remembering where where any success comes from and also really just putting God first as you're going through through those steps of trying trying to reach your goals because a lot of times I mean ambition is is obviously a good thing to have but sometimes it can be approached the wrong way and when you remove God from that ambition and just focus on doing what you can to build yourself up I think that's a very uh, dangerous path to go down. And, Mm. you know, as I've been, you know, both of us trying to build up, like you said, you know, media and everything, I just, I want to make sure this, this conversation is, like I said before the podcast, almost for myself, you know, more, more than anything, just kind of having this conversation and kind of checking in again and being like, you know, is, is God truly the motive is glorifying God truly the motivation for what I'm doing right now and making sure that I don't put myself first and put my own goals and dreams and desires ahead of what God wants for me. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's important for us to understand, you know, as men, especially, but as human beings, um, but I want to specifically say for men, because I'm a man, you're a man, Mm -hmm. you know, our ambition is really what, what drives us and keeps us, every single day excited, you know, excited to attack the day, excited to uh, attack our goals. I heard a saying one time, it's like when, when a man stops dreaming, he starts, he stops living, you know, we all Mm -hmm. need to have our dreams and ambitions. That's really what fuels our, our drive every single day. But underneath that, we need to have a solid foundation of faith and everything we do or else it's going to be short lived and we're going to burn out and we're eventually going to hit a point where, you know, we kind of look ourselves in the mirror and say, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Uh, clearly it is not to glorify God, it's to glorify myself. And eventually that leash will come to an end and you'll kind of face plant as we've, mm-hmm. we've said, I feel like a few times on the, on the podcast, but, um, kind of specifically diving into this, we're going to go ahead and read from Matthew six thirty three. 
uh, actually 6, 31 through 34. So I'm going to go ahead and read that. And we got a couple, uh, couple ideas that come from that scripture. So 30, 631, therefore do not be anxious saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them all, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. So I feel like, based on our past conversations on the podcast, I feel like there's a couple different takeaways we could take from that. Um, But kind of just focusing on, like we were saying in the beginning, keeping that focus on uh, serving God every single day. What are some things that maybe you've experienced or that you think can distract you from keeping that focus on God every single day? I think the easy answer, it might seem like a little bit of a cop-out, but it's just life in general. You know, getting caught up again, like it says, what shall we eat? What shall we drink? What shall we wear? Just kind of the the daily worries about life, I think, is definitely something that can take away from pursuing God. And if if you have God at the front of your mind as you're going through, you know, each day, even just the, the regular mundane stuff of, of, of living life day to day, without God at the center of that, I don't know. I think it's easy to get kind of listless and to lose the reason for what you're doing, what you're doing. Um, but obviously other things that can distract you aside from just kind of life in general is work. I mean, obviously both of us have jobs where we need to, you know, put in a certain amount of work. Um, and so it's easy to, to get caught up in that and letting the I guess goals and troubles of work kind of overtake having God at the center of everything because we get so, yeah, I got to ask you a question about that. Don't you feel like some people almost like doing that? Like they make like they, they enjoy making their job like their whole person. Hmm. And maybe that's more people that are not saved, but, um, I feel like people love that excuse of, Oh, I'm just so busy with work, work and this and work that and all this about work. And they just, I don't know. It's it's an easy excuse. Yeah, I agree with that a hundred percent. I would say to put it in a little bit more like different explanation is they make it their identity and they kind of, they let it sink into who they are as a person, what they do in and outside of work. And again, just get to a point where that's their singular focus. And I think both of us are at a point where we are able to diversify and separate what we do for work with what we do both for, for fun, for enjoyment and for productivity in life in general. And so I think that that would be my encouragement for, for both of us to continue to do so. And for, for the listeners, for all you guys listening to be able to separate your work life from your actual real life and from the interests and hobbies that you have outside of work. And I I think another thing too, I I touched on this in, I think it was maybe my first, the first motivational video I put together, but it's that sometimes your passion isn't always going to be what you do for work. And I don't think that's always necessarily, I don't think your work has to be your passion, but I do think it's important to find out what your passion is and if your passion is something faith-based, whether it's sharing God to, to other people, whether it's being involved in some sort of ministry, whether it's just helping out at church, whatever the case, 
um, you know, that, that makes it easier to keep God at the forefront. But I think no matter what your passion is, you need to make sure that the reason behind it, and this gets back to kind of the main point of the whole episode, you need to make sure that the main motivating factor for your passion, what drives you is putting God first. And so kind of to, to bring it all back to, to what this episode is about, I think that's very, very important. Yeah, absolutely. I think that a main issue with our generation is it's not only work, as you were saying, but it's also just this this pervasive idea that we are the center of the universe, like ourselves. Mm-hmm. And that, that, you know, we, you know, we've heard this so many times about, oh, you need to take time for yourself. You need to focus on yourself, mm-hmm. you know, focus on you and growing you and this and that. And it's like, that's going to be a dead end. Mm-hmm. If you're just focusing on yourself, you're a human being. You're, you're a fallen creature. You're a mortal soul. Okay. You're not striving to be like any, anything that's worthwhile. If you're just focusing on yourself, because you can read all mm-hmm. the self-improvement books in the world. You can read all the, all the things in the world. You go to the gym a million, a million hours. But, um, if you're not cultivating that spirit within you, you're going to have issues. And, um, not only are you going to have issues with purpose and meaning and just being fulfilled spiritually, but you're going to have issues when you, you know, when you at, <laughs> when you look at why you're doing every single thing you're doing mm-hmm. and we could really break that down to many things. I mean, literally again, going back to, uh, what you do for work or even going to the gym or something like that. It's like, why are you going to the gym? Are you going to the gym to be vain and, and look at yourself and say, wow, look how, you know, look how pretty I am as a creature. And, uh, you know, I just want to get all the girls and all this and that, or are you going to the gym to, to build a strong mind to fortify your overall mental and, and physical endurance to translate to every aspect of your life? I mean, there's two different things there. Uh, and one of those options can be used for the glory of God. And one of them is, is purely, uh, a sinful venture. Definitely. So yeah, I, I think that there is endless things that could distract us from pursuing God every single day and making and maintaining that focus on him. Um, but the second question is, as Jesus said that, you know, in verse 33, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. That's always a verse that's gave me a lot of comfort. Mm-hmm. Uh, anytime that I am, you know, for example, anytime I go to bed and I'm like, man, I have these dreams. I have these goals in my life. Like how in the world am I ever going to make them come to fruition? Because they're so, I don't know, things just seem daunting or maybe, you know, another example is, you know, I'm sure you can relate Peter, but you know, we're, uh, we're 23 years old. I'm 23 years old. I think you're 23 Mm -hmm. as well. Yep. Um, and you know, one thing as a man that you desire in life is a wife. And it's like, you know, sometimes you go to bed and have those thoughts like, Lord, when are you going to send my wife? Um, or really whatever it is regarding your future, it's, it's, it's easy to uh, to feel some sort of, I guess, anxiety about the future. But as it says through verse 34, do not be anxious about tomorrow for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. And if you're seeking the kingdom of God, I, I just, not only is that verse comforting, but I've every single time that I have put that verse into action in my life, it just happens. I mean, things just fall into place. You know, it's, it's, it's by perfect design that if you focus on one thing like oh i need to find a wife or i need to find this career that i'm perfect for or i need to find this job that i'm that, that i need if you're seeking so hard it's almost like the more you chase it the more it runs away from you but if you seek god first and really just trust him and give it up to him things just seem to fall into place so i'm not sure if you have any thoughts on that verse at all or maybe just the more broad question of um 
what does it mean to seek first the kingdom of God? But I've just, I've always found that verse to be very, very powerful and insightful in my life. Yeah, I would certainly agree. It's one of the, one of the most impactful verses really throughout scripture, especially in the, in the gospels and in the new Testament. But for me, I mean, in, in different areas of life, I would say in my job, and in my other pursuits, like with, you know, the goals that, that we kind of similarly share, or even individually with All Sports Talk, is making sure that my focus isn't on building myself up or creating this perfect future or um, project for myself, but instead thinking with the mindset, and again, I'll, I'll admit I have to check myself on this sometimes, but making sure that my mindset is instead focused on, you know, how, how can I glorify God through what I'm pursuing? And the same thing kind of translate over, over to the gym, something that I have to catch myself on. Like you said, not working out to, to be vain be like, Oh, look at the muscles that I've, that I've built for myself, but instead being like, you know, how can I take care and, you know, make the most of the body that God has given me? Because, I mean, another positive thing about having a strong, healthy body is it opens up so many more opportunities for us to serve God, whether that's, you know, helping around at, at your local church, you know, lifting stuff that that would otherwise be, you know, too heavy if you weren't weren't in the gym regularly or just being, you know, having the fitness to be able to to move around and go on, go on, you know, mission trips or whatever else it might be to to help people. And so I think it's in, in both of those two areas, because those I would say are two of the biggest focuses for me right now is just remembering to put God first. And again, in both of those examples, it's making sure that my mindset is to glorify God with the work that I do and also to, um, you know, be able to uplift God and to be more well equipped to serve him with with having a healthy and strong body. And again, those are both areas that I'll admit I do have mm. to check myself on sometimes because it is very, very easy to get caught up in the selfish ambition behind both of those. But I think for myself and for everybody listening, if you're able to balance, and, and I would say even the scales tip toward obviously the importance on putting God first, but if you're able to balance that that desire to serve God first with your own ambition, like we've talked about before, I mean, you're going to find that, that God grants that success unto you if you have the correct motives and you put in the work. Yeah, because it's impossible to live without ambition, right? I mean, right. we can't just not have goals. We can't not, not be motivated. Um, but going back to what you're saying, I mean, I think that um, it's almost our duty as human beings. That's why gluttony is a sin, because mm-hmm. it's our duty to, to take care of our temple. And sloth, sloth as well. Yeah. So laziness and, and overconsumption of food and drink is a mm-hmm. sin for a reason. That's because God wants to, wants us to take care of our temple. Um, so like I said, it's just, it's about the mindset you have. So maybe I guess I sum that up. Would you say that it would be fair to summarize that as saying, it's just whatever you enter into and make sure you have the proper mindset. Definitely. Yeah. And I think, I think mindset is certainly everything because if you, if you're not in the right mind to go about it, it doesn't really matter how hard you try you know, physically, if your if your mind isn't in the right place to to put God first and to to give your all, then you're not going to be able to achieve that. Absolutely. So, did you want to go ahead and read that uh, scripture you included to kind of keep going f- down further down this topic? Of course, of seeking Lord, seeking the Lord. 
definitely. So the, the first verse here is more centered on what we're talking about, but the other verses that follow, I think, are always a, a very important reminder. And this is from Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. And he, Jesus, said to him, I'm not sure exactly who he's talking to here, to be honest, but you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This verse doesn't have it, but oftentimes with all your strength is also added. This is the first and great, the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So, you know, what's what's kind of your takeaway from that, Joe? And how do you think, you know, individually or just in general, we can better live out, especially the first command, but even the second command as well? Yeah, so first of all, I went, I went ahead and looked up Matthew 22, just the preface that, mm-hmm. um, 34. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together. One of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment? So he was talking mm-hmm. to the Pharisees. Yep. Um, okay, so the first and greatest commandment, love the Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind, uh, and love your neighbor as yourself. Uh, like I said, it, it comes down to loving, right? It's love. And that's what, going back to what our, our first point was about, which is your mindset and, and entering into ma- really no matter what you do, you need to have the proper mindset. Well, what is that mindset? And, the, and Jesus says right here, the proper mindset to enter into is to, is to love. First of all, to love God. Mm-hmm. Second of all, to love your neighbor. Because if you love your neighbor, there's really nothing um, that could prevent you from having bad in, or that there's no way you could enter into anything with the wrong intentions. If you in, enter into it with love for your neighbor, for example, why am I going to build this business or why am I going to build this any entity really in the world, like media company, like we want to do is to serve other people is to deliver, mm-hmm. um, relevant information. Like, are you offering a, a product that's going to help other people's lives, make their lives better? Um, our podcast, obviously to, to, help others cultivate a relationship with Christ. If our intentions are to love others as ourselves, then we will never enter into anything with the wrong intentions. And also love is something that really is required of us, you know, with every relationship we have. I think a lot of the disease in our lives and in the, in the world in general is oftentimes caused by our own you know, our own spiritual condition. If you hold a grudge against somebody, that's, that's going to bother you spiritually. For, I mean, I've literally seen yeah. for years. Don't let the sun set on your anger against another person is a, a pretty well-known verse from the Bible on that point. Yeah, and even, even a conversation I had at work this week, I was talking to um, this one girl about uh, just like dating and relationships, and she was telling me a story about kind of like a heartbreak situation. And even heartbreak is something that I would say goes back to this command because... Um, if you, loving your neighbor as yourself means it for this girl's example, if somebody breaks your heart, it means forgiving them and moving on. Right. If you're not kind of the main issue with that is you're not forgiving somebody and whether that is heartbreak or whether that is somebody that who did you wrong. Um, if you don't forgive that person, you're not loving them because mm. Jesus also said, if you don't forgive, you know, your neighbor, or, or if you don't forgive somebody else, I will not forgive you myself. So forgiving is a huge part of loving people because we could have all the grudges in the world. And I I see it every single day with people that I, that I meet and talk to, um, malice, like I said, grudges. And I don't know. I mean, you can tell me your thoughts on this, but just as I look at our world today, it seems like there, there's a lack of love for, for our neighbor. Mm -hmm. 
these days. Definitely. And to kind of further go, go in depth about what you were saying, especially at the beginning about, about loving others and, and to the whole point of putting God first, there's, there's this kind of, it was, it was a saying that we would say at Transformation Church, which is based in the Charlotte, North Carolina area when I lived there. Pastor is uh, Derwin Gray. He's a former football player, played college at BYU and um, in the NFL with the Colts and the Panthers. But we always had this thing. The church was called Transformation Church. And at the end of every service, as we were walking out, I think after like the final songs and everything, it would be upward, inward, outward, transformers roll out. So to kind of break that down, first of all, our focus needs to be upward on God. Without that, the rest won't follow. But then also, not in a selfish way, but simply we can't be kind and loving and dependable for others if we're not right ourselves. So upward first, focusing on God, then bringing that that relationship with God inward to ourselves and then pushing that outward to other people. And then Transformers rollout was just kind of what we did when we were leaving the church, you know, kind of a, a fun little reference and everything. And we had all these hand motions and everything that we did with it pointed upward and then inward mm-hmm. pointed to ourselves and outward. And we did this kind of like rollover with our hands to uh, like Transformers rollout. And so, um, yeah, that's, that's kind of my further point on this is, you know, prioritize again, like we're talking about this whole episode, prioritize God first. And then it's important to be right yourself mentally and most importantly, spiritually. And then, then you focus on outward and on loving your neighbor as yourself. And so I think that's the best way to, to answer that question. I initially asked of how to better live out this command is by living, by living that way. But, um, if you have anything else to add to that, otherwise, what do you think? We kind of touched on this a little bit. But what do you think are some obstacles to living out both of these commands? Uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I partially answered that in my first answer. You know, mm-hmm. obstacles would be, like I said, holding grudges, mm-hmm. um, not loving others. Obviously, I feel like it's obvious, but <laughs> yeah. not loving others because you, I mean, love is a choice, bro. Mm-hmm. I mean, love, love is really a choice. And that's, you know, again, going, going back to like the whole dating thing, cause this, this is a topic that comes up for whatever reason at my workplace all the time. It's, it's probably not the proper conversation for work, but we really, <laughs> we don't care. We just talk about it. Um, but loving others is a choice and people mm-hmm. think that love, you know, Okay, let me, let me go back to the very beginning. What does Jesus mean by love? I guess would be a better question to ask. What does what does love mean? Is love a feeling? No, love is not a feeling. Love can be a feeling, right? We we can we can feel loved at times, but love, as Jesus means it, agape love, love that is not earned or or you know based on anything except the fact that you choose to love somebody. That's the type of love that he's talking about. Love is a choice. Love is an action. Okay. We can even look at the, the metaphor of, of Christ in the church. Um, and even going further down from that, uh, husband and wife, the love between a husband and wife. Love is an action. Love is serving one another. We choose to love people. Okay. You're going to, I've heard this many times, especially with married couples in my church and everywhere else. Um, I think the most human example of love that we can really relate to and focus in on is marriage in a lot of ways. And that love and marriage is not going to be a feeling, Oh, I feel like I'm in love with this person. Cause there's going to be times where love, uh, gets that feeling is not always there, but you still have to choose to love that person and serve them, you know, and serve them whether you feel like it or not. Mm-hmm. So 
ways that you can fall short of this is not choosing to love somebody in the same way that we wake up every morning. And Peter and I have talked about this a lot and we will probably continue to talk about it because it's just, it's just a, a, a key for success is that you have to choose the mindset you want to have. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you have to choose to love others because you're not always going to feel like it. When somebody is disrespectful to you and somebody try, is, is acts, you know, acts like a jerk to you and treats you badly, are you going to feel like loving that person? No, hmm. you're not going to feel like it. And in fact, I would say probably in most cases, you're not going to feel like loving other people as yourself. You know, we love ourselves as human beings. We are, like I said, our culture tells us we are the center of the universe. Love yourself, you know, invest in yourself. But he said, love your neighbor as yourself. Hmm. And very rarely will we feel like it. So I say that the number one way that we fall short of this is only loving others when we feel like it and hmm. not when we need to choose to love others even when we don't feel like it. Definitely. One, one quick thing I think I would add to that is apathy too. I think that's the most dangerous thing oh. to, to get caught up in. It's, oh, I, bro. it's easy I, to... I absolutely hate apathy, bro. Yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Oh my gosh. I just cannot <laughs> stand apath- apathetic attitudes, bro. It's just, it's just the most disgusting thing in the world to me. Yeah, because it's, it's, I think it's easier to... Maybe not easier, but just... I don't know, like choosing between loving somebody or just straight up hating them is the the decision that people would think is kind of what it's limited to. But I feel like more and more apathy is just what happens. And I feel like a lot of people also just feel apathetic about their own their own lives and about how they feel about themselves. And obviously, most importantly, apathetic about their faith. I think it's... It's kind of a, a little bit of an oxymoron because it seems like people care like with the outcry whenever something happens, but I, I think it, really deep down, it's a problem more with apathy than it is with just this like visceral reaction of either, you know, instant support or instant hate. I think apathy is really the, the main problem. Well, what do you, I guess, what do you mean by apathy? Like let's let's uh, break that down a little bit. Well, talking specifically about love is apathy would be when you just simply don't care. You don't love a person, but you also don't hate them. You just kind of don't really care. And I think that's dangerous because I mean, obviously, hate. You shouldn't hate anybody. But at least you reason, have some care, right? Even exactly. It's like exactly. You, at least you care a little bit. Exactly. And yeah. So ap- apathy to me, like I said, it's it, it is just repulsive because. Mm-hmm that attitude in life, you are going to just waste your time, bro. You're just going to waste your time. God gave you so many gifts as a human being that if you're apathetic, bro, it's just like, all right, I'm gonna throw my hands up. I don't care. Like, Mm -hmm. dude, you're literally wasting your space. Yep. I'm sorry, but you are. And I, and I get like people were, um, people are raised differently. Right. I, I praise God every single day that I had the parents that I had. Same. Um, you know, and they instilled that mindset into me that, this life is, is beautiful and it's grand and, and we're here for a purpose. And, you know, every single day you wake up as a blessing and just having that mindset, choosing positivity every day, choosing uh, to not let anything get you down. You know, that I get that I was raised with that mindset. So maybe it's a little bit more of a habit for me to, to live that way. But um, at the same time, man, I feel like every human being has that opportunity to, to realize that. And I don't know, it's something innate within us that... Um, you know, we are responsible for our lives and we have a choice, you know, and that's, that's why like, I don't know, this is probably going to get into some other type of territory, but like 
clinical depression and trying to treat um, spiritual conditions with with uh, you know medication, it never mm-hmm. works out because you're you're putting a band aid on uh, you know a giant wound. Mm-hmm. You're you're trying to to fix something externality externally that is an internal issue. Yeah, and you know that that's just a choice. It, it just, I don't care what anybody tells me. It's a choice. It's yep. a choice, and I just can I don't know. It's I just cannot stand apathy. So I absolutely agree with you on that one. Real quickly, I know we're, we're we're going down a little bit of a different path here, but on that medication point, I can speak from personal experience. I'm okay to admit that for probably a couple of years, I was on you know some a little bit of relatively like it wasn't super strong but on some anxiety meds low dose anxiety meds and I found that when I cut myself off from doing that I didn't have as much anxiety and part of it was I I grew in you know grew in and figured out the the mindset that I needed to have to you know overcome the anxiety that really was just my own mind creating problems for me that's a whole nother topic for another time. But on the meds thing, I found when I got off that medication that I was, I was better for it. And the medication also made me a a little drowsy at times and everything. And so overall, I've just found that since I got off of that medication and figured out that really it's, it's a mind thing and it's about centering yourself with, with Jesus, that Mm. that's what overcomes it. Not, not the medication. Like you said, it's putting a bandaid on it temporarily, but at the end of the day, it's not really going to fix the issue because a scar still needs to scar over and a Band-Aid can only do so much to help that process. Yeah, isn't it ironic, too, that that mm-hmm. is just the, the going narrative is that um, somehow that medication can treat those issues. Mm-hmm. I just think that t- that shows us right there how far our, our culture and society has gone from the reality that we are spiritual creatures. Mm-hmm. We're spiritual creatures. And this whole postmodern idea of you know materialism and there's nothing else besides the world and you know there's no god it's just it's not a way to live it's no way to live mm. uh and we see the issues when it comes to these these spiritual problems that you can't solve it with medication you can't solve it with ex- external things you're delaying the inevitable you're making your problem i would argue maybe even worse because the longer that you treat it with that uh, and i'm not speaking for every absolutely everybody because i think you know i don't i don't think there's any shame in saying exactly what you just said which is like maybe it just took you a little bit more a, a little bit longer to figure out how to really overcome that which is mm-hmm. fine but um, the people that that claim that, oh, yeah, this is a one one stop fix all. No, it's not. Hmm. No, it's not. And uh, yeah, I don't know. It gets me fired up because being apathetic is no way to live, man. Right. It's no way to live. And one, one final thing, too. I think it's because people trust in science instead of in God and really the the own power that we have in our minds because of God to overcome things like anxiety or depression or even just self-doubt or not believing in yourself i think it's you know kind of to to round it all the way back to this whole theme of not putting god first i think that's why all those issues are so prevalent and why everybody turns to to medication instead is because we as as a human population too often don't depend on god or or right. at the very least you know, for people who aren't saved, they don't even believe in themselves. And again, <laughs> I mean, we, we, we know that any belief that you have in yourself is not out of prideful, selfish ambition, but out of knowing that, you know, we're created in God's image. God created us with a real power inside each and every one of us. 
And right. far too often we forget that as human beings. And so, yeah, it's like you said, it kind of fires me up a little bit too, because I've seen both sides of it. I've seen what, what life is like on that medication and how it, it seems like maybe it helps a little bit, but really it, it, it makes you, you know, when you can't get to that medication, then you're like, you know, the anxiety kind of only builds. And so, yeah, I think it's just, it's amazing and, and, and really amazing in a sad way how far we have turned away from, from believing in God and believing in ourselves. Mm, absolutely. And I, and just a final note on that conversation is something interesting I saw recently was the entire, I don't know exactly which study it is, but whichever study like it was a massive study they did that showed, you know, that established this entire argument that chemical imbalances in the brain cause depression. I, I, and we've all heard about that stu- study. Like, oh, it's chemical imbalance, you know. Um, recently I saw, I think it was on the Joe Rogan show, there was a very smart scientist, I think from Harvard University or something like that, that said essentially that that entire study was not even conducted properly. Like they, they don't even have any hard evidence that shows that chemical imbalances lead to, to depression. Hmm. So the entire scientific basis for this idea that we can medicate people and help them is faulty in itself. Hmm. So that, that right there should tell you alone, hold on a second. Maybe this is not what we're told that it is. So, uh, interesting final note there, but definitely, um, that, that I, I think we should devote a whole podcast episode to that at some point, just talking about, just how the mental health epidemic the in mental America health just, and how we've we've gone away from from depending on God and like I already mentioned each of us have have a power inside of us and obviously it's not to the same level as what Jesus had but I wanted to read here from Philippians 2 talking about how we should approach really our life in general and specifically our our relationships so this is from Philippians chapter 2 I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read through verse 1 because this is one of the most powerful passages, I think, in Scripture. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. In mm. your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, or other translations say something to be grasped. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross." Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Mm. Wow. <laughs> yeah, amen. I had something that stuck out to me from that was the repeated um, theme of humility, right? Yep. Definitely. I mean, that's something we were talking about. I don't feel like you can really fail in life for really anything you do if you, if you approach it humbly. Mm. Um. I also want to say too, just to touch up on that that topic we're talking about uh, about mental health. Um, mm-hmm. I think that, and even in that, with you know, it's it's important to approach that conversation with a spirit of humility. I think it's easy to you know, as somebody who has not really uh, been majorly down that you know mental health path, um, it, you know, sometimes it's easy for me to say something because I you know it's not like I've ever taken. Um, 
you know, medication to treat something or felt like I've had a chronic issue. But I also do want to say like, you know, it's important to approach that humbly, but there's also time and place to say what's true. And then what is true is, is true. And, um, Mm -hmm. yeah, like you were saying, Peter, it's, it's, we have, we have the ability through, through Christ through and our relationship with God to overcome literally anything, Mm -hmm. literally anything we're going through, uh, we can overcome through that spiritual refining and work. Uh, that only comes from placing God first in our lives, which I guess kind of correlates with the main theme of the episode. So that's my thoughts on that. Definitely. And, and I even kind of side with that in the same way, because it's easy for me as somebody who, you know, for the most part has overcome that and, you know, has the ability now to, to kind of look past any anxiety that I might have. It, it's easy again to be like, you know, here I am at the other side, but it's important to remember that, you know, to, to, that I, that I know what it's like to be stuck in that and to feel like you just can't get out of it. And so my encouragement to, to anybody dealing with that sort of anxiety or depression or self doubt is to trust in God and to know that, you know, just to, to keep going and to know that he will be there to, to lead you through, through whatever you're going with, going through. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie. Something, uh, something that sticks out to me too, when we're talking about that is again, we keep, we keep referencing this book, but, uh, you already know where I'm going with this, Peter, Yeah, but for sure. I feel like, first of all, let's use Jesus's words first. Cause this is a faith-based podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark nine twenty three, whatsoever, you know, you believe you can achieve essentially. Right. Mm-hmm. It, and that works both ways. Okay. The power of the mind is so powerful that it works whichever, whichever way we, we desire it to work. So Mm -hmm. the mind is impartial. The subconscious mind is impartial. It does not care what commands you give it. It will carry them out. So if you tell your mind, I am a depressed individual, I'm sad. I have nothing going right for me. I can never win. I can never achieve anything in life. Everything just goes wrong for me. Guess what? It's going to come true. It's going to come true because that's you're telling your mind these things. And over time, as we, as we know, even when something is not true about yourself, if you say it enough, your body and your mind will, will accept that as your reality. Okay. Our mind will carry out the orders we give it in the same way that in the, in the words of Earl Nightingale, one of my favorite people I've sent you clips of him, Peter. Um, but in, in his words, you know, the winner, the people see the, the, there's certain individuals in our lives that we see and, and they're just winners, right? We say, Oh, that, that dude, no matter what he does, it touches, it turns to gold. No matter what he touches, it turns to gold. And it's because he's using his mind just as powerfully in the same way that the, that the quote unquote loser is, I'm not saying there's, there, there's losers, but people who don't, who do not see success as often in their lives, they're using their mind just as much. They're just, they're just using it differently. They're telling it different things. They're, you know, I can never win. I can never do this. And that. the difference, the only difference between that person and the healthy, calm, cheerful person that is pursuing their goals and, and loves God and has peace in their life is that they use their mind in a different way. And that it is, it is simply that they tell their mind and they tell themselves, first of all, by pursuing a relationship with God and understanding uh, the peace that comes with that and, and our ultimate purpose on this earth, not only will that peace sustain you, but, but also the understanding that, as Jesus said, whatever you believe, you can and you will achieve. And that includes on the negative side of things. So I think people just don't understand that, um, that, that realization. And I think a lot of people you know, this, this may be a, a, an interesting statement and you can tell me if you agree or not, but I think a significant portion of people that have experienced, uh, depression 
or in, in anxiety as well. If they picked up thinking real rich and read that first chapter of mm-hmm. that book, I don't know, man. I think a certain percentage of them would, would possibly have a revelation of sorts and just yeah. straight up. That's, that's what I experienced. I think reading that book, I, I had already kind of been able to start to overcome the anxiety that I dealt with for a long time before. But yeah, I mean, you know, I know we don't want to sound too much like we're just trying to sell that book or something, but genuinely the knowledge that's in there is so rich and it's vital. And again, like we've talked about, if you can combine that with, again, like the humility that we've talked about in this episode and the, the and serving faith, God first, yes, serving God first. Yes. And having that, that strong faith in God first, I'm telling you, man, I mean, you combine both of those you will see a difference in your life and you will find yourself overcoming the, the problems that you've struggled with in the past. Oh yeah. And that you thought impossible to overcome. Yeah. And I want to say too, this, this type of knowledge and this type of understanding is not common. So if you're listening to this podcast, you're in a very small percent of the population. Okay. I listened to this video from Earl Nightingale, um, that I've already cited previously Mm -hmm. where he's talking about the, you know, the strangest secret in life you know, the secret yep. to success. How, how do people do it? How are people successful? And it's, it's, it's the most simple thing in the world. But he said in this video, he was like, or this old radio broadcast, he was like, the, but the crazy thing is if you walk down the street and asked a hundred men, what is the key to success? Nobody could tell you, but there is a key to success. And it's very simple. And it's what we just said. It can, and it can solve like, like we said previously with that foundation of Christ and the relationship with God, the, this understanding that Jesus teaches can solve any illness, any, especially mental illness, but any mental illness, any sort of thought pattern, any sort of belief or, or doubt in yourself any you know, lack of confidence, um, anything, the understanding that quite literally what you think about, you know, will, it will become your life. I mean, if you think about something enough, if you have a goal in mind, and you, and it's all you're thinking about, you'll find a way to make it happen. Just It's just how it is. And, and if you're th- always thinking about negative things, if you're thinking in a, in a losing manner, mm-hmm. your life will, will show you that. I mean, it's just gonna, yeah. it, it, it'll be, it'll become your reality. So that understanding is not, um, I don't know why it's not talked about more. I never really heard of it before I came across that book. And that's why, you know, Peter, you said you had, you had a little bit of a revelation when you read it, but you don't really understand it until you read it. And, um, yep. I just think that we could avoid a lot of our issues as a society um, <laughs> by some very simple <laughs> advice, but it's not popular advice yep. because the one thing it requires you to do is to take ultimate responsibility in your life. Mm. And that's not popular. So for sure. Okay. Well, to sum everything up in this episode, there were seven things that I read when we're, you know, regarding seeking the kingdom of God first in our lives, seven different ways in a commentary I read that we can do that. And I went ahead and listed these here, Peter. I don't know if I want to go ahead and read all these, but uh, does one or two of these really stick out to you as ways that you can seek God first in your life? For me, I would say prayer because, I mean, we talked about this in our last episode, so if you haven't listened to that, I would encourage you to go back and listen to to that, really diving into what prayer is um, and, and best practices and everything. But that, like I talked about earlier, that upward, inward, outward, that's the first connection is having that connection with God. And you can definitely get that from reading and from worship. Those are two of the other ones that, that are in here. Um, but I don't know. There's just something special about that connection in prayer. And the other thing, too, to tie it in with worship, 
really next time you're in church or even just listening to worship music whether at your home or in your car driving to work or wherever you know even if you're not singing singing those those words out loud um i know sometimes i i do in, in the car when i'm just really feeling the holy spirit but um you know really be cognizant of singing that song as a prayer to god because worship songs are are often so well written and they you know, not everyone is perfect, obviously, but so many, so many worship songs are, again, really a prayer to to God. And so, next time you're either listening or singing along, whether in church or just in in the car on the radio, think of your worship as a prayer. And and again, it kind of ties into another thing here: Thanksgiving as well, or well, Thanksgiving too, but especially praise, praise and worship. I think are are you know very interconnected, but. Mm. But to, to, to round that out, that would be the one that I'd say mo- is most important. You know, I'm, I'm actually going to agree with you. I was going to say prayer and reading obviously, those are the two very obvious answers, but I'm actually going to agree, agree with you, Peter. And this, and this is why we live in a, we live a life as human beings. Life is hard. Okay. Life. It's just, that's just a fact of life that life is very difficult. We're going to have challenges. We're going to have pain. We're going to have suffering. We're going to have beautiful things as well. And it, it's very, it's, you know, life is beautiful, but it's very challenging. Right. And Knowing that praise, praising God can really get you through the toughest times in life is one of the most freeing things you can ever realize. Um, and I think when you do that, kind of like the story of Job, you know, it, I, I'm just a person that I don't care what you tell me. I mean, literally the worst thing could ever happen to me and I'm still going to come out on top, bro. Hmm. I, I don't care what it is. And there's moments in my life that I've experienced where I feel like it's almost a challenge where it seems like everything is going wrong in your life. And yet you still can muster up the ability to praise God in in those times. I mean, that is a champion mentality. Hmm. It's just a champion's mentality that you have to have in this life. And and it's something, it's not easy. I'm not going to say that I've had that every single time something negative has happened. I'm a human being, but in the times that I have been able to muster that up and and praise God, even through the trials, uh, it, it, I don't know. It almost, it's gives you this reassurance not only in your relationship with God, but in yourself, like, mm. man, you could take like, you could take anything from me. You can literally give me the worst circumstances and I will still praise God because you know what? He is so loving. He gave me this life. Um, he, he, he gives me eternal life. You know, I'm secure through Jesus, bro. Like nobody, nobody made God do what he did with, with Christ. Mm. And I don't know. It's just, I think that's a mentality you have to have in this life. And, if you do, there's no way you could not be seeking God first in your life. Because when you say one of the most common things with people that are even some Christian people that when they experience trials, I, and this is something that I've heard people say, like, oh, why is this happening to me? Like, really? Like, you know, it's, it's like they are the center of the universe and God is doing something to them. Um, I don't know. If you have that mindset, it, it seems like it's about you and it's not about God. Um, so that's why I would agree with you on that. I don't, I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but I know we've kind of talked about that last episode, but like kind of have that warrior mentality through, through some of the trials and toughness and tough times in life. But, uh, I think that that praise, that mindset of praise, and like you said, out loud, praising God, even through the challenges, I think that that can carry you very far in life, uh, but also give you that mindset of seeking him first. Definitely. And, and just kind of to, to tack on a little bit additionally to that, it's also about having faith first of all in God 
and then once you have faith in God, you you know that he has provided you with the tools to get through those struggles in life. And so, yeah, I think that's just kind of another additional thought on that. And and then just, just to add to the, the two that we didn't talk about as much here, I feel like we talked about prayer, worship, praise, and thanksgiving. Um, repentance is obviously very important, having a spirit of humility when you do mess up in sin and being genuinely committed to fixing that. And then I think reading and memorization of scripture kind of tie into each other because if you're, you know, especially when we were like going, going up through school and, mem- you know, trying to have Bible verses memorized as like an assignment, I don't think it's the healthiest way to go about it. It's Bro. certainly not a bad <laughs> option, but tell me why reading- I still know a verse from Miss McCrill's class junior year, bro. <laughs> First John one five for God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Yeah. Yep. I remember <laughs> that one too now. Yeah. But, but if you're reading, you're going to have that memorization happen anyways. So just to kind of round out these seven actions that, yeah, I mean, they're all very powerful. I think we touched on the ones that are most important. There's a reason that prayer is number one on this list. And it's, you know, if you have each of these seven actions and you live these out, you're going to be in a good position. Absolutely. And I think to just sum everything up pretty very succinctly, uh, we can seek God first in our lives every single day by choosing to love others in every situation, as Jesus said. So those seven things, some of the things we're talking about, but ultimately it is that choice that we all all have every morning, every single day, that no matter what happens, I'm still going to choose to love others. And that that is going to be my my motivation for absolutely everything I do. Absolutely everything. So I don't know if you have anything else to say, but if not, that's kind of wraps everything up. No, yeah, I think, what, three, four words here, three words, put God first. Simple as that. Definitely. Put God first. And if you don't, you're going to face the consequences, but we yeah. shall not face those consequences because we are diligently seeking him every single day. So Amen. good episode. Uh, that is episode 31 in the books. If you guys made it this far in the episode, we do sincerely appreciate you listening. Make sure you share the podcast with somebody that needs to hear it. Leave a like and rate on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And with that being said, we will see everybody next week. Peace out. Peace.